Hello and welcome to the Poplar Propcast Season 2, Episode 1. Welcome to 2023. We're going to start this year off by talking about a bunch of stuff that we have kind of in the works and we're really excited about. We're also going to start off by talking about the things that are going to affect us and really play around with owners, residents, and investors in 2023. So, with that said, on with the show. And the first thing we're going to talk about is some exciting news for Poplar. We are now open in Nashville, Tennessee. It's super exciting for us as we continue to strive to provide tech-enabled property management services to property investors across the country. We're now in 15 different states. You can see which ones they are at poplar.home slash pod. You can find out more about more about us there as well. We're going to be launching some new things this year. And when we do, we're going to tell you all about them right here on the Poplar Propcast. Now, we're coming out of 2022, which was kind of a rock and roll punch in the face year for a lot of real estate investors and a lot of buyers and a lot of, of kind of everybody got taken out of the equation for a couple of reasons. One of the biggest ones is the change in policy at the Fed. So as the Fed raised those interest rates and kind of shifted up, it became a lot harder for people to purchase a home. A home that would have a $1,500 monthly payment on a 30-year mortgage all of a sudden had a $2,500 payment on a monthly mortgage for a 30-year. And so these changes, these fundamental changes in how much buying power people had led to a market that is now pretty soft across the year for 2022. There's been a very concentrated effort at the federal level to kind of control inflation. And the side effect of that is the market really slowing down in the real estate sector. The home buying hotspots, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Austin, they saw pending sales drop more than 50% from the end of 2021 to the end of 2022. Uh, The 6% plus mortgage rates, the possibility of a recession, not as many new listings. Uh, We also had a hell of an end of year with winter weather And then every year we have this cyclical thing where sales slow down in the winter. This happens, the two biggest reasons this happens is weather and school. People don't really want to move when their kids are in school and switch schools that they're in. And they also don't really want to move when it's cold and wet and rainy and snowy and gross outside. This last round of winter weather kind of set a snafu through uh, Southwest. Felt it really bad, but also there's a lot of markets where uh, now in January, we're having flooding in Northern California, a super wet, uh, jet stream is pushing cold, wet air through there. So there's now other markets that are being affected by really vicious winter weather. That said, the number of listings, number of new listings decreasing is interesting because that speaks to something that's happening with those listings. And that's that they're going into the rental market. Now, as the number of rentals increase, we are going to see pressure on rental rates. So that pressure on rental rates is very similar to the pressure on rental home prices. We're starting to see the concessions being offered by home builders. So these builders who were, take it if you can get it, here's the price, this is what you're getting, are now going, no, no, what do you want in your house? And how can I make sure that you're happy with it and are ready to move in? So we're seeing concessions from home builders We are not yet seeing concessions around rent. And I think a big reason we're not seeing that is because a lot of people that we're going to buy are continuing to rent, but still do a household formation. They're getting married, having their first kid, deciding they want more room for a dog. And all those things push them to go for a house instead of an apartment. So you may still be able to find um, single family rentals with concessions, but it's more likely you're going to see concessions in apartments first. So 
interest rates, home prices, these are both kind of uh, going to stagnate through the year. I don't think that we're going to see interest rates raise a lot higher. We may get a full percentage point in the next six months. Most people are expecting more around uh, 25 basis points to 50 basis points in the next six months, which puts national mortgage rates up in around 7%, maybe, maybe 7 and a half. But right now they're at about six and a half, depending on how many points you buy, depending on how you shop around. But the average is six and a half for a 30 year. A 15 year sits at five and three quarters. So they're not in a horrible spot. I, I have to say that compared historically, those are still rather reasonable rates. The problem is on the other side is that a lot of the housing prices are at very unreasonable rates at this point, And inflation is kicking all that up into the stratosphere. This is also affecting the product mix. So traditionally you have a home buying journey where a first home is bought and then eventually a second home as the home gets bigger and then a forever home. Um, that hasn't really been happening in the last 15 years though. Since the big kind of downturn in 2008, 2006, 2008, uh, we're watching people kind of get a house and hold on to it. They see that value there, they saw bargains and now they're not going to sell them. So the product that's on the market, especially for first-time home buyers, is really being pushed. And it's being pushed by the national rental companies, uh, American Homes for Rent, Invitation Homes, Progress Residential. It's being pushed by um, bread and butter investors like mom and pops that go, we're just going to keep it. We're going to keep this house and we're going to rent it, which is something Poplar can help with. Um, and then the new stuff that's being built, if you're a developer and you have two acres to build on, you're going to pack them in as tight as you can and get as much money per property as you can. So the product is really seeing a shift as well, which is really interesting. Um, the last piece of this, as far as the market goes, that we might, we might, I don't know if it's going to be 2023. It might be 2025 before this comes around. But if this pressure stays where it's at, we might see somebody offer a 40-year mortgage rate. Now, 40-year mortgages are pretty much unheard of, but if you get somebody who's 25 into a 40-year mortgage, it's possible. I mean, it's even possible they pay it off in 30 years. But it's a really long horizon. And to have that happen, you'd have to have Fannie and Freddie step in as well to kind of be a part of that progress. Besides all that stuff with the market, there's some interesting things coming down the pipe on the tech side uh, that's really going to change how you see both property marketing happen and the products that you see on offer, including our product, is going to change over the course of the next year. There are things that are great for residents coming in, uh, things like Matter, which is a consortium of Amazon and Google and Apple are coming together and saying, let's have one way to run a home. And that standard is gonna be called Matter. So all of a sudden you'll be able to buy a smart light or a smart lock, and if it has the Matter logo on it, it'll work with all the other Matter stuff. Right now, it's kind of a, a mishmash. It's like the VHS Beta Wars of the 80s, or the HD DVD Blu-ray Wars of the 2000s, or heck, the Xbox PlayStation Wars of the Xbox PlayStation times, Mac PC. But in this case, they've settled on one standard. It's called Matter. And it's really going to come out in force this year. There was a bunch of stuff for it at CES. And we're definitely going to see Matter be more of a home hub and home integration. 
it's going to be very nice for people that live in their home. I think it'll be nice for renters as well. Where I don't know if it's going to take off is for owners to put it in before you get there. And a big reason for that is to do that, they're going to have to have Wi-Fi in the home, which adds anywhere from $50 to $100 a month to the carry costs of a property. So if you want to put in uh, smart locks, smart cameras, smart thermostats, and have that home turnkey, you have to find a way to pass that cost on. And as we see pressure on rents, the cuts are going to come somewhere, and it's probably going to become on the new shiny stuff. So while Matter's going to be a big deal for the next year, as it gets rolled out and kind of integrated, I don't think it will be a key driver for rental revenue at this point. The other one that's nice for renters, and will be nice for owners as well, is as 5G gets wider and wider, specifically 5G ultra wideband, not the mislabeled 5G that we saw for a while. 5G ultra wideband may be an actual viable cable competitor. And the reason for that is that it offers speeds where if you're over 100 megabits up and 100 megabits down, you're doing really well. You know, you're not at the gigabyte, gigabit speed, um, but it's comparable. You can do streaming, you can work, you can do video calls. And because of that, some homes that don't have reliable internet service will be able to get it through just a little box that's basically a souped up cell phone that talks on the cell signals. Where this might be nice is it could put pressure on Google Fiber to expand. It could put pressure on Cox to bring their prices down because in a lot of places, Cox, Comcast, Optimum don't have real competitors. They have control of the wires, the poles, the holes in the ground. And because of that, they keep competitors out. Um, 5G goes around that by claiming the airwaves. Because it's claiming the airwaves, you can't really fight with it. So I think 5G is going to be an interesting piece in 2023 for um, people that are restricted in what kind of options they have for internet. That being said, a lot of new builds are going in with fiber. And when they're going in with fiber, you have gigabit speeds or better, you've got crazy internet that's fast, your ping's super low, you can be a YouTube or Twitch star if you want and get out there and do internet things that make you money from your home. So that's going into new builds, but I think we have a strong enough infrastructure that that's not going to be a decider for where people live. I think it's just going to be a cherry on the cake if that's where they end up. On the marketing side, so for us as a property management company, I think some of the most interesting things that we're going to be leveraging in to help us support in advertising and help us trying to figure out how to help you guys out is on the AI side. And while ChatGPT is cool and MidJourney is pretty neat, I think where it's more compelling for us is on the back end when we can start trying to do things to look at trends inside of our systems and give owners more information on, hey, this has happened so far in other cases where this has happened, this was the next occurrence. And that's taking everything from um, you know, HVAC bills uh, to gas bills, electric bills, to people paying on time, to how many times people are late, and trying to figure out what that means for that person as a tenant. It can also change how we kind of support that person and help them move into a, a space that's more uh, beneficial to them. So I think that's going to be really interesting. The other place I think it'll be beneficial is while we're trying to figure out how to help in search for rentals. So based on your search history, 
I think that, and this isn't us because we don't have the the number of properties and listings to do it, but I think that we're going to see companies like Zillow and Rentals.com and Apartments.com kind of lean into that that awareness level and start going, cool, it looks like you're looking for these things. Here's what we really should be doing for you. Like They, they have algorithms now, and I think those algorithms are going to get a lot better at recommending alternatives better than they are now at figuring out how that works. Instead of just the blanket, you're searching for a 3-2 in this area. Here's all of them. But kind of getting a, a better grasp on how you search and why you search in certain ways. So I look forward to seeing how that works because I think that's going to be a nice shift for everybody. The other place where I think it'll be helpful is in detecting fraud. So at American Homes for Rent... Invitation homes, progress residential, everybody that's part of the the National Rental Home Council, there's a known issue around fraud. And this happens not just to us, but it happens to mom and pops. It happens to small property managers. But there's a lot of people who run these scams. And I've seen, and this is for the renters. If you're a renter and listening, pay attention to these three because this is what I've seen most often. I have seen the, I am a religious person I'm involved with a church and we're going on a mission so I need a godly person to watch my home and so they'll that that's their reason for why they can't be at the home to meet you they piggyback on other people's systems to get you into the home and then just tell you yeah you know what go ahead take the key out of the lockbox move on in and people do they move into houses that are for sale they move into houses that are for rent they move into houses that are abandoned and they send a money order to somebody they've never met and never spoken to and doesn't have a true presence online. We've seen them talk the prospective resident past all of our safeguards where they say, no, you know, we were working with, with Poplar, but now we're not. And they buy it and don't do a follow-up. They don't call us to go, are you still representing them? And so there's there's this money that goes out. So the religious one is the first one we see a lot where they say we're on a mission trip and so we can't be there. The other one we see a lot of is the military one where they go, oh, yeah, I'm military. I'm deployed, so I'm not there anymore. But because the government subsidizes my payments, I'm going to subsidize yours. So you can have it cheap as long as you're clean like I am. And the same thing happens. They can't meet. And then they're getting evicted and don't have the money because they're in a house they're not supposed to be in. The the third one that we see is just the talk through. And the talk through is just going, yep, I worked with them. They did all the marketing stuff. But if I rent to you directly, I save money so you save money. If a deal on a home seems too good to be true, it probably is. I highly recommend that you Google the address and see where it's being listed. If you see stuff on Craigslist and Facebook, always be suspicious. They are not very good at policing their listings. We had a conversation with them, Facebook specifically, and said, hey, we'll post our properties on, but we have to be able to give you a master list. And if you see any of these addresses, they don't. And they said, no, we're super laid back about it. We just want you to post your properties. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to police it. Because they don't want to put in that effort to try and stomp down the fraud. So Facebook marketplace is a mess. Craigslist is very similar. We did the same thing with them. Like, nope, we're, we're not going to do it. We offered to pay them. And they wouldn't take our money. So I don't know what that frustration is, but I think that AI may be able to help um, chase those down because fraud's a big problem. Hopefully tech can help it. Uh, the 
last segment that we're going to see a lot of stuff happening in 2023 in is in standards and regulations. There's a lot going on that's going to change the housing landscape and not just rentals, but how places are built, um, what kind of sustainability they have. And a lot of this comes back to this giant bill that was passed, the Inflation Reduction Act. So the Inflation Reduction Act is, is, as I've said, a poorly named bill. There's a lot of money in there around sustainability, uh, electrification, removing fossil fuels. Uh, and there's so much stuff in there for property owners and property builders. The one piece that I'm still super frustrated about in it is that there's not a lot in there for rentals. And because there's so many rentals that are out there, it's really frustrating that we can't do more to affect them. So hopefully we'll see some movement in that where more owners, landlords, and renters can kind of combine to take advantage of the Inflation Reduction Act benefits, right? So, but inside of that, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff around solar power. There's a whole bunch of stuff around appliances. So all of those things may end up in homes where that turn into rentals in two or three years. And if they do, you're going to be living in a different kind of house. Um, there's recent discussions around even eliminating gas stoves entirely from being in new builds. In California, you have new builds required to have solar. You've got the additional dwelling unit in California. And all these things point towards a higher density and a more local electrification. The IRA kind of supports all that and is really going to kind of be a catalyst just because of how much money is in there. So go back. We did an episode on the IRA um, in last season. Go listen to that one. We'll do another one this year that talks about what it's done so far, who's taken advantage of it, and our experiences with trying to get it for landlords, for the renters. But the IRA is a big deal. Definitely look into it, read up on it. It is super cool. The other thing we're seeing is the, God, I don't know, I think it's the fourth or fifth year of the National Association of Realtors Department of Justice investigation. And this is around buyer commissions. So when you're buying a house and you're looking on Zillow or apartments.com or wherever you look, a lot of times you'll see, hey, I can represent you. And if you click that person, they'll show you the house. Um, The Department of Justice big problem here is that it's not transparent how the buyer's agent gets paid and because they get paid by the seller of the property, their interests are misaligned. So that lawsuit is, it's, it's not a lawsuit, it's a Department of Justice investigation. There was a settlement, a retraction of the settlement. It got really complicated, but I think we'll see movement on that one as well this year and kind of get clarification. We're already seeing places like uh, Seattle, in Washington is one of the places that says, lays out how you have to convey how the buyer's agent is getting paid. And so as we see people self-regulate because of the threat of federal regulation, we're going to see some interesting choices in how that works. So if you are a buyer, recognize that those conditions are going to change, especially for those of you that are renters and coming out and going to be buying the first time. Be aware you may need to pay your buyer's agent. The other piece that's coming this year and is kind of tied up in a, a, a court case again is uh, student debt. The household formation and the ability to buy properties was accelerated for millennials during the COVID pandemic because they didn't have to make their student debt payments. 
not having to pay those student debts is a big part of why there was so much more money available to kind of keep the economy going. At the same time, the supply was being ruthlessly constricted by everything from international supply lines, just on time shipping, and then the war in Ukraine. All these things kind of pushed on the supply side, while at the same time, everybody's clamoring on the demand side. So higher demand, lower supply, all happening at the same time. Perfect storm for inflation. But with the Biden administration trying to forgive a certain amount of student loan debt, and that being held in court, I think what we're going to see is there's going to be a smaller pool of buyers after the middle of the year once student loan payments go back into effect. Beyond that, if their student debt forgiveness is beaten, there is going to be a even smaller pool of buyers because uh, they're going to be back to paying their student loan debt. So that's going to happen and that's going to be frustrating. <clears throat> the last piece I want to mention and really kind of throw out into the air because I have no idea which way this is going to go. They just had a meeting on it in the last month, um, but it's the the upper and lower basin compact around the Colorado River. Uh, a ton of people live in the Southwest, right? So if you talk the full basin compact states, you're talking Utah, Colorado, Arizona, a little bit of New Mexico, California, Nevada. <clears throat> and in these states... The population continues to increase. The amount of water continues to decrease. And even though I'm sitting here in Las Vegas looking out at rain, looking at snow on the local mountains, it's not, it's not an instant fix. There is so much water missing from the groundwater supply and from the snowbank that it's going to take a long time and a lot of political pressure to fix this. So we will focus some time to that. We're going to try and get the Southern Nevada Water Authority on here, talk about how well they're doing at conservation, and kind of put all that stuff in perspective for you guys, because there is a lot of interest in investing in the Southwest. One of the big benefits of investing here is that you don't have the traditional uh, snow, rain, wet, humid cycles that decrease the length that a construction can last. You have punishing sun, and you have super dry conditions. But a lot of those are actually beneficial for a property to just sit there and work for a lot longer than it would in a spot that floods and freezes and rains and snows and has humidity the rest of the year to encourage all kinds of bugs and molds and things. So the wrap up there, kind of the picture for 2023 is that 2023 is going to be a year in transition. 2023 is where we're going to see some of this stuff shake out that's been uncertain and get resolved. And that applies to interest rates, that applies to the student debt, that applies to the upper and lower basins renegotiating the contract. All of these things that are kind of shaky and in the wind right now are going to resolve. And so by the end of this year, we're going to have a much clearer picture of what the next five years of housing looks like which is something we haven't had for the last two years, almost three years now. And that's going to shift everything and give us a really clear outlook on what's going to happen next. Um, that said, I would like to recommend that if you have properties that need service, you get a hold of us here at Poplar Homes. We're a tech-enabled property management service that brings national tour tools. I'm going to say it again. That brings national tools to local owners. You can find us at poplar.home slash pod. That's poplar.home slash P-O-D. Thanks for listening and welcome to the new year.